0: Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up in just a few moments, earlier today, the Fargo-Moorhead West Fargo Chamber, they put on a Minnesota legislative wrap-up event. They they do an outstanding job with these events, by the way. So we had our local legislators from our area there. Also, Minnesota Governor Tim Walls was in town, so you get a chance to hear from him in just a moment. But we want to start here tonight with what continues to really dominate the headlines, President Trump, in Minnesota, Representative Elon Omar, and more specifically, really the chant that took place last night at President Trump's rally in North Carolina. It's been all over the news, but just in case you're not aware of what I'm referring to specifically, uh, President Trump last night was saying a few things about Representative Elon Omar, and then the crowd started chanting this.
1: And at a press conference just this week, when asked whether she supported Al Qaeda, That's our enemy. That's our enemy. They are a very serious problem that we take care of, but they always seem to come along somewhere. She refused to answer. She didn't want to give an answer to that question. Omar blamed the United States for the crisis in Venezuela. I mean, think of that one. And she looks down with contempt on the hard-working Americans, saying that ignorance is pervasive in many parts of this country. <laughs> and obviously and importantly, Omar has a history of launching vicious anti-Semitic screeds.
0: If you watch that video several times, you can see President Trump's face or towards Anna and Marie, And I've had a chance to be around him a few times and you see him look off to the side like that, you can tell he's like, guys, don't go there. All right. This is a fun rally. Let's not go there tonight. And I think uh, one of the things that people don't realize possibly is obviously you don't want to be saying that kind of stuff. But Don't be chanting, send her back in these rallies. I think they should be chanting, keep her talking, keep her talking. Remember, she's got a 9% approval rating right now in this latest Axios poll. That's worse than the entire Congress. We all know how poorly Congress uh, polls. She's got a worse number right now than, than Congress. If anything, she's like a committee to reelect Trump. I mean, the more that she talks, the better the chances are that the GOP takes back the House in 2020 and basically just opens up the, the, the lane, if you will, to reelect President Trump in 2020 in a landslide. So now earlier today, President Trump, he was uh, sitting in the Oval Office, had an event going on there. He was asked, of course, about the chant that took place in North Carolina. Here's his response.
2: Mr. President, if I may, when your supporters last night were chanting, chanting, send her back,
1: why didn't you stop them? Why didn't you ask them to stop saying that? Well, number one, I I think I did. I started speaking very quickly. It it really was a loud... I disagree with it, by the way. But it was quite a chant. And uh, I felt a little bit badly about it. But I will say this, uh, I did, and I started speaking very quickly. But it started up rather rather fast, as you probably noticed. So, so you'll tell your supporters never to well, say Well, I, I would say that. I, that, that I was not happy with it. Uh, I disagree with it. Uh, but again, I didn't say I didn't say that. They did. But I disagree but, with but it. But they were echoing
0: what you said in your first tweet. They didn't go back.
1: Well, I don't think if you examine it, I don't think you'll find that. But I disagree with it.
0: A lot of people are going to say, oh, President Trump's lying there. Read the tweets again, folks. He said, hey, if you don't like it here, you can go back, fix your governments, and then come back here and tell us how it's done. Nobody wants to talk about the part where he said, hey, why don't you come back here and tell us how it's done. Here's what's most important for you. You see there President Trump disavowing this kind of chant taking place at his rally. Okay, I think that's pretty clear. He says, look, I'm not happy about it. You can tell in his uh, facial expressions at the rally itself, he wasn't really happy about it. The question I have for you tonight, because they sit here and grill President Trump, and I'm going to make a point about this in a moment, they grill him about what people in North Carolina are doing, like he's got control over what happens in the crowd, and yet has anybody seen or asked Representative Omar if she disavows al-Qaeda yet? Remember, she was asked, hey, are you pro-al-Qaeda earlier this week as President Trump was talking about it? She had a chance to walk up to the mic very easily and say, I completely disavow the terrorist group al-Qaeda. She didn't do that. Has she disavowed the Antifa guy that tried to blow up an ICE detention center in Washington State over the weekend? She was asked about that on Capitol Hill. She just walked along, never answered that question if she was going to disavow a guy showing up to kill our ICE agents, to blow this thing up. She didn't say anything. And then today, of all things, after all this is going on, all right, we obviously know the spotlight is really bright on her right now. She shows up and wants to introduce what's called a BDS bill. It's an anti-Israel bill to continue to show her anti-Semitism. And yet they want to call President Trump the racist. And here's a person who very clearly is anti-Semitic in the things she tweets, the things she says, and now the things that she does with this BDS bill. And yet, nada. So I say, don't, don't chant send her back. Let's say, hey, keep talking, and then just simply vote her out. Now, as I mentioned just a moment ago, Governor Tim Walls was in town uh, earlier today at the Fargo-Moorhead-West Fargo Chamber event. And here's what I want to share with you, because we've all seen this now. If you watch the news at any any way, shape, or form, anytime President Trump has a tweet or makes a comment, what does the you know, fake news mainstream media do? They call up every single GOP and go, hey, what do you think about President Trump? like they did with his tweets with our delegation. Do you, how do you respond to this? What's your reaction? They do it all day long. But how often do you see the fake news media going, hey, Pelosi, what's your reaction to this BDS bill? Or, what's your reaction to these people saying that we've got concentration camps in America? Very rarely do you see the media actually ask these people legitimate questions. So tonight, I felt like, you know what? I owe it to you, our audience, to go and sit down with a Democratic governor and say, hey, I know where you stand on Trump. How do you where do you stand on representative omar where are you at with what she's been doing what she's been saying so here's governor wall's response when i said where do you stand with representative elon omar do you stand with representative elon omar
3: i stand with her right as an american citizen uh, to be treated with respect i uh... Stand with her on her ability to be elected by the people of her district to serve in Congress. And my take on this is do we not have other things we should be working on like trade deals, like transportation, like things that we have here? Uh, this is a huge distraction and the fact of the matter is telling American citizens to go back somewhere else is not who we are. So I I don't understand the anti Semitic
0: comments.
3: Oh, certainly not. And I certainly talked and called those things out. That was not the question. The question was, do we stand on her right to be able to be there? This idea of trying to frame a bunch of people around a, a narrative about a single individual person divides this country. If you disagree with Ilhan Omar's positions or her comments or whatever, disagree with them. If you're in her district, don't vote for her. But if not, there's a recognition. I might not agree with... Mitch McConnell's, but I respect his voters. And this idea of trying to pin everyone into this, I certainly don't stand. I stand where the positions where I'm at. Should you not be making those comments? And I said it when I went to uh to JCRC, we can't make those comments. Those anti-Semitic tropes can't be there. That certainly is there. But that is not reason to say someone should go, leave, or whatever. Work against them, elect them out. But this idea of trying to say someone is more American than someone else, that's not a place where I want to go. I want to get us down to business. I want like we did in Minnesota to do debate openly fairly and with dignity agree where we can agree disagree where we can and move forward uh, this type of stuff gets us no closer to a trade deal it gets us no closer to a balanced budget it gets us no closer to transportation it gets no closer to, to health care and this is what we're spending time doing so my advice on this is if you disagree with someone speak that out but understand that America's ability to, to be disagree fair, sir,
0: the house is putting up impeachment proceedings she's putting forth a BDS bill today that's anti-israel I mean that's not vote against trade them. Or, vote against them why put in. those things
3: up. They have an elected representative just as we had on in the other one has the right to do that and you have the right to vote against it. I simply came back from Congress to say that's the kind of nonsense that was driving me crazy and driving American crazy. I said in Minnesota we can do better than that. We can start to bring ourselves together, we can avoid those distractions. But those those multitude of ideas, no matter even if they're very good or very bad, the democracy can still vote on them. And I think that's exactly what they should do. But I just wish we would get back to focusing on issues that are really impacting people's lives.
0: I'd love to know your reaction to what Governor said, because in my opinion, I thought he did a pretty good job there. I mean, Representative Omar's putting these people in a very precarious situation. I love that he's like, look, let's, let's focus on things that matter to the dinner table. And that's why I brought up the part about impeachment, her BDS bill. So I thought he did a pretty good job there. would love to know your point of view on that. Another very important thing to note is this, that Representative Paul Marquardt, he's in our district four here in Minnesota. Uh, he served in the Minnesota House for a very, very long time. He's the chair of the tax committee now. He also did serve with Representative Omar when she was a state legislator in Minnesota. So I asked uh, Representative Marcourt, what's his stance on Omar and what's happened? Um, I wanna share with you what he had to say, but also wanna let you know this, because he did call me after the interview and say, Chris, I just wanna be sure that what I said doesn't come across as me saying that um, Representative Omar is anti-American. He goes, what I really wanna make clear is that I feel that she's got anti-American views when it comes to law enforcement and security. So just wanna put that disclaimer in there. Here was what Representative Marquardt had to say earlier today.
2: Well, first of all, I, I disagree with a number of things that Representative Omar state. I mean, uh, she does come out, and, um, you know, in some of my pa- you know, she served in the legislature two years, and I served with her in the Minnesota House of Representatives, and we didn't see eye to eye on everything, and, and one of the concerns was kind of a, a lack of respect for law enforcement. Uh, Seemed, And I'm just, that was from personal experience. And so uh, I I just think uh, she needs to think more about what she is talking about, because I do think a lot of what she talks about tends to come out as very uh, anti-American, you know, anti against the United States. Now, on the other side of the coin, I do think President Trump went beyond in his statements. You know, and And I'm not going to necessarily view them one way or the other, but uh, I I do think President Trump should just kind of let that go. If he wants to disagree with somebody on their views, that's fine. Uh, I think Representative Omar really has to step up to the plate on some of these things and really frame things better because she does come across in many cases in my mind as being kind of anti what we're trying to do here in the United States.
0: Now, also because Representative Marquart has served in the Minnesota legislature for such a long time, I asked him about what I shared with you on Tuesday, the fact that Representative Omar, if we can bring these graphics up, please, had when she was just a Minnesota state legislator. So she was in the Minnesota House. You can see here, if we can bring up the bigger pictures, the full screen ones, Christy. But she's, she's sitting down. This is before she's a U.S. congressperson, folks. So this is when she's a state legislator in Minnesota sitting down with the president of Turkey, President Erdogan. To me, that seems bizarre, but I was like, well, okay. There's another picture of her here with Mr. Erdogan. We also told you on Tuesday the fact that the foreign minister of Turkey had called Representative Omar in 2016 when she was elected to the state house, then called her again in 2018 to congratulate her on being elected to the U.S. Congress. So it seemed very like an aberration. It seemed very abnormal to have a state legislator, I'm assuming she's across seas, but even if she's in the states, to be meeting with the president of another country. She always talks about... Russia, Russia, Russia and foreign collusion. Well, that's about as foreign collusion as you can possibly get because I asked Representative Marquardt, like, do y'all go on junkets? I mean, is this normal? And because of his uh, veteran standard, if you will, being in the legislature, here's his response to that.
2: The fact that she she was the first Somali, I think, legislator, for sure in Minnesota, if not the nation, you know, a lot of audiences wanted her to come So it was unusual for legislators to go, especially almost anywhere outside the state, much less outside the nation. But she was probably in a different position to do that. And so, I mean, that's, I think her prominence in, in being the first Somali legislator Elected Minnesota made the difference. I there. think it's a
0: very fair assessment. What's interesting to me is so uh, she also had the foreign minister of Turkey call her in 2016 to congratulate her on her win mm-hmm. to the Minnesota House. Did you ever get a phone call from a foreign <laughs> government to congratulate you? And and I know you're saying Somali, but again, this is Turkey. I'm just trying to make sense and see if it's normal. It sounds like it's not.
2: Well, that's not something typical for a legislator to get a call from another nation's leader, uh, much less maybe even other states. So, uh, <laughs>
0: So I think a very interesting take there from someone who's been in the legislature for quite some time, you know, Representative Mark Ward, as I said on Tuesday night, I said, look, if she's sitting down and having these kind of meetings with the, the president of Turkey, let me remind you, Turkey just recently, they ended up saying, OK, we're going to buy the Russian S-400 missile defense system. Russia, remember, is not our friend. Turkey's quickly becoming not our friend as well, even though they're part of NATO. So I told you on Tuesday night, I said, look, in my opinion, there needs to be a FISA warrant on Omar right now. There needs to be a FISA warrant on Omar right now. would love to know your point of view on that. All right, in Minnesota as well, there's a big conversation going on because uh, they've had four people now, four people, including the Department of Human Services Commissioner resign. can we bring this graphic up please, resigned from their post. So you had four people resign and then two of them actually ended up rescinding their resignations for whatever reason. What's been unfortunate, at least up to this point, is that there's been, not a lot of transparency about what exactly is happening within the Department of Human Services. It's the biggest department within Minnesota. So I asked Governor Wallace today, I said, hey, look, there's a lot of cloudy things going on around this, not a lot of transparency. What exactly is going on? Here's what he had to say.
3: Uh, Commissioner uh, Lorre uh, submitted his resignation to us on, on Monday. Uh, simply did not feel he was the right leader at the time. There had been uh, a couple of other folks that had stepped back. They he
0: said he was really excited about the opportunity when you offered it to him.
3: Oh, absolutely. I think he was. And I think what we understand in these jobs is the complexity of it and the nature and the types of leadership that the commissioner did some good self-reflection and simply thought that he wasn't the right person to do it. Uh, he is a friend of mine. I am proud of the work that he did. Uh, we passed a budget that I think was... Uh, generational, if you will. We got rid of the uh, sunset on the provider tax, and uh, and the secretary thought that now, or the commissioner thought it was time to go.
0: Due to the lack of transparency up to this point, some people are making a oh there's something nefarious going on, there's some kind of fraud issues. Can you address that? What well, what that would all that? be
3: speculation that's untrue. Exactly. And uh, I, I don't know what more I can say in that the commissioner came to me, said he was not the right person to do the job, and I accepted his resignation.
0: But there was also three others and then two ended up rescinding you know what's going
3: on there uh we had two commissioners uh assistant commissioners that i think part of this was was probably part of a leadership that was having a difficulty getting along with one another uh these are long-time employees these are not appointees of mine um and uh, they simply uh, thought they couldn't work and they had not said they left immediately they were going to leave a few months down the line uh the decision we made i think they're been asked by uh acting commissioner wheelock uh, to stay on and do their jobs and and i don 't think that 's all that different that happens in uh, in a lot of other agencies that are that big, but i I know I people keep wanting to see drama i said i, I don 't do drama'm <laughs> i 'm being as transparent as I can it 's not a real Thanks. flashy story, but uh, i 'm telling you there's 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 not a scandal it 's not a money smithing it anything like that just-
0: so there you have it. maybe it 'll clear up what 's happening with the Minnesota Department of Human Services one of the big themes today at the chamber event was the fact that everybody there was touting the great tax bill that was passed and, and governor walls uh made a little bit of a joke when hey whoever thought it would be a democratic governor that was going to actually cut taxes for the middle class in minnesota so i just want to give you a couple excerpts from everybody that was there as far as the legislators and governor walls touting this tax bill and i also want to get a half give a hat tip to representative paul Marcourt. he's the chair of the tax committee in the house Did an outstanding job, you know, bringing different caucuses and whatnot together to get this thing passed. Here's what they had to say about it.
3: My goodness, it took a Democratic governor to get an income tax cut. And many of you are like, that is just hard for me to fathom where that happened. (laughs) I
1: think the biggest accomplishment was getting a tax bill done. And along with that, too, a lot of tax cuts, whether it's through the, uh, the second tier, the, the rate cut on the second tier, some Social Security tax cuts, egg property tax cuts, um, that, that was all very good work for people.
0: Boy. And Well, there's a lot of different things, but the tax bill was a major accomplishment for our area in particular with the LGA funding. And, uh, you know, so hold our property taxes down, make sure our cities have the funding that they need to operate effectively.
2: Yes. The legislature worked hand in hand with the governor. Whether or not it was the tax bill or education, the governor, through their commissioners, his commissioner, were part of the process. They were partners, equal partners.
0: Again, great job, everyone. Paul Marquard, as the chairman of the tax committee there getting that thing done. Uh, we did, as you can see there, a visit with Representative Lean and Senator Eakin as well. We put that up on our Facebook page in its entirety for you to check that out.